it's good to be in the house of the Lord, is it not? Uh, it's amazing. I want to just share a few things with you this morning that I believe God is, um, you know, um, dealing with us as a church with, and um, we are progressing toward a place where God is revealing a few things to us, and I'm excited about it. Um, but I think it gets challenging as we go along. So um, this morning, let's uh, really trust God to take us into um, a beautiful new season of um, of really seeing uh, fruit in our lives and in um, and then the ministry that He wants to establish in and through our lives. Okay, thanks to this, this George's um, small group, they worked uh, until last night. Um, to uh, to paint the cupboard and paint the wall and guys you are doing well really we are we are really so blessed by um, your commitment um, thanks for that um, and um, for for everyone that's um, involved then um, just for those of you Milani mentioned it but I just want to make sure that you know the Bible school if you've not enrolled yet you've got an opportunity to do so now um, in order to to join the the first, second, or third year Bible school. Uh, it was amazing on Saturday again, um, just spending time. Um, these first years just have so many questions. I don't know. Um, it's just never ending. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that was beautiful. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate that. That's um, discipleship. And that's the amazing thing of that is that we are really um, fighting about the right things, and that is the Word of God. Amen. So, um, so please, um, it's such a blessing to see the Bible school really alive and uh, kicking, <laughs> and it's um, it's the, it's doing amazing things in our lives. So uh, please, if you've not enrolled yet, um, do so as quickly as you can. Um, I want to quickly just share with you. I, I remember a few years ago. Now uh, you won't know the name. Maybe um, he was a part of the Munster. Is that the right pr pronunciation? Uh, it's a team in Ireland. Is that... Yeah, I, I knew Nigel would know. Um, it's a rugby team um, that, um, that is in Ireland. Um, he was the, the coach there for a while now, Rassi Erasmus. Uh, but he was in South Africa, coach at Western Province, and he's now returning back to South Africa as the head of um, uh, South African rugby. Um, but the reason why I'm mentioning it is I've got a friend working for him um, or for, for the province um, and he's, um, he's basically the fitness coach. So um, I had this conversation with him once um, and he told me that, um, and I was just asking, you know, how does a, a week look for a, a fitness coach, you know, coach? I mean, what do you do the whole week? Is, is there really enough work for a fitness coach? You know, is that a job? Is it... Uh, it sounds like a hobby, so, um, but um, then I soon discovered that it's actually more than a hobby, it's, it's quite hard work. Um, they would get together on a Sunday afternoon for the first time after a Saturday when they played. Um, they would immediately then recoup, and on the Sunday evening would be a team discussion with all the technical guys to talk about the game that happened on the Saturday. Okay, so it's quickly... After actually, if you think about it, just analyzing, you know, uh, all the different roles in the team, he says every team member then would have an um, analyst dedicated to them, which would then go through their profile and tell them what was, you know, their heartbeat, what was the moves that they did, how many tackles did they do. They would go through all of the possible technical stuff. Um, 
you know, um, that there is, to actually then talk about did they do well or not, okay? Um, you know, was whatever they did um, aligned to the plan that they had? Um, and is that also going to help them to get to the next Saturday? <laughs> Which means that a few things will have to change, you know, through all of the analyzing um, to get to a practice the week that will actually then enhance their performance to such a level that it will contribute toward the team. Now, this is important because, you know, if you're in a professional setup like that, um, there's a lot of money at stake. We know that, okay? And um, so for these guys, they're very dedicated to immediately come to a place of um, the drawing board <laughs> on a Sunday evening. And then they would, um, you know, make sure that every role also is synchronized with the rest. Okay, you can't, you can't just um, by yourself do 80 tackles and then, um, you know, um, you forgot to take the ball over the, you know, the, the what is it, um, the scoring, the try line, okay? <laughs> um, you must actually uh, get to your objective, and that is to win the game, okay? So, and everyone has to contribute toward that. Maybe some will only tackle. Um, <laughs> if you're a prop, you'll probably do a lot of tackling, but... Um, the fact is everyone contributes toward a certain goal. And it's the team coach and the manager's job to make sure that people are aligned to the strategy that they have to outwit the enemy, okay, to outwit the other team. And, um, you know, in where we are coming from as the Church of God, it's um, exactly the same. And uh, we're just under Jesus' command, and I believe that, you know, sometimes he must bring us to a place of synchronizing so that we can all just understand our place within the bigger scheme of things. And I want to talk about that this morning, and I want to especially talk about the power to be. You know, you are in this church, you are in a, um, you know, a team of believers, and God has certain goals, and he's got certain plans, and he wants us to be accountable to one another in such a way that we can actually get to the objectives that God has called us to. And the beauty of it is that if we score the try, we score it together. <laughs> you know, it's not about the center or the wing or the fly-off scoring the try. It's actually the team scoring the try. Because a lot went into making space for that uh, wing to run over the try line, Okay. Um, and so, what I many times see in the church is we sometimes, you know, overemphasize certain gifts, we overemphasize certain roles, and we get to a place where we uh, sometimes forget about certain roles, and the poor props never get um, the glory. Um, you know, and the fact of the matter is, you know, God wants all of us to understand that He's busy doing something, and we are just so amazingly blessed by being part of it. And, um, and God appreciates you. So I'm so blessed by the word that God's giving this morning as well. You know, God is really committed to you. Um, and He's really committed to whatever you are supposed to do within this body. <laughs> um, I've said it last week and, um, or the week before that, and I'll say it again. What commander of an army um, will send his troops to go and fight and not give them all the provisions necessary to win the war. Now, if our Lord, that has all the provisions, know that we are at war, and that there's a battle to be won, 
how would he not give us everything that we need? And that's the blessing of partnering with Christ. We've got a, a winning combination here. Okay, we've got more than a Rossi Erasmus on our side. We've got actually, maybe it's a Eddie Jones, okay? <laughs> it's more than Eddie Jones, okay? We've got actually, you know, the kind of um, backing that is necessary for us to win this war, and God is committed to that. Now I want to talk about how do we actually slot into one another and take one another over the try line. Okay, how do we score a, a group try here? Okay, um, and really trust God to um, to bring His church to fruition. Now, Proverbs twenty-seven verse ten says, "Do not forsake your own friend or your father's friend, nor go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor nearby than a brother far away." Okay, so I want to say to you guys this morning, this is not a social club. Okay. Woo! <laughs> this is not a social club. Can I say it again? <laughs> you did not enroll for, is it Nuffield um, Health Club or what is it? Uh, no, it's. Um, where's Jean? Where's Jean? Jean, you are in the gym. Yeah, there's a club downstairs, um, YMCA or whatever. You, you're not part of this club. Because you pay your dues and you're faithful to it and you give whatever is necessary. This is a family, okay? And it's a living organism um, and God is committed to it. And um, He uses brothers and sisters around you to actually extend this family to a place where you can really share your heart and, um, and uh, experience God's blessing through um, fellowship. Ephesians 2 verse 16 to 22. And this is powerful scripture. Now... Don't let your head switch off when I read scripture. Okay, I know that's how it happens. Um, so if I read, please think about what I'm reading now. Verse 16. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Build on the foundation of apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Verse 22. And him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. In him you also are being built. Ed, Margot, Ruth, Rachel, Sally, you are bold, being bold together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And the blessing thereof is the fact that you and I come to a place of accountability to one another to see God using us together to fulfill His, um, His glory. And um, we are woven together, we are accountability in accountability to one another and the unity that we find um, toward one another 
is the one of Christ's Spirit operating in this church. And so uh, we hear the same thing from God, and um, in doing so, God uh, brings us to a place of unity. Now, what does it mean to be accountable? Um, the first thing that we need to know about accountability is that we need to be accountable to God. Romans 14, verse 12. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Now, I want you to go and write these scriptures down. This morning I'm talking about a principle, and it's a principle of culture within the body of Christ. Which means that I'm not expecting of you to even get it individually right, or only individually right. It's a culture that should prevail within the body of Christ in which we understand that we are accountable to God, we are accountable to one another, and, um, and we are accountable to our leaders. And I want to talk about those things this morning. Because you know what? The natural tendency in our lives is not to be accountable. The natural tendency in our lives is to do our own thing. The natural tendency within any human is to rebel against God's will. And we need to keep one another accountable to come to the promises of Christ in our lives. That's why we do fellowship. That's why we trust God to within our small groups um, to, uh, to speak into one another's lives. And we should take it serious when people speak into our lives. We should not make decisions on our own. We should make sure that we um, get to a place of accountability where my will is not established because I think that's the best thing to do, but because of the counsel of many in my life. And so I want to say to you this morning, and I want to ask you the question, because at the end we're going to pray about this, are you accountable to anyone? Are you really allowing people to speak into your life and to keep you accountable to the things that God has called you to? James 4, verse 7. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God. Now, there's a few things that we submit to God to, and that the first one is in our commitments to Him. Let your yes be your yes, and your no be your no. Um, don't do anything without consulting Him. Which means that you and I cannot make decisions as if we are a law unto ourselves. We must go back to God, to His counsel, and we must wrestle things through with God so that He can establish His will in our lives. The second thing about um, submitting to God is we should um, submit to the commands of God. Stay accountable to the Word and follow the prompting of the Spirit. You know, it's beautiful to have discussions like on Saturday here because I know you know, the Word set all of us free. It brings to a us to a place where we look in the mirror and we say to one another, where am I at? And so, submitting to God in His Word allows us to have a reflection of where we stand with God. And so it's difficult sometimes to submit to the Word of God because our flesh does not want to. Thirdly, being stewards of what we receive. 
Okay, please write these things down if you can, because I want you to really go and meditate on these things, guys. Because we're going to take it all the way into small groups and we're going to trust God to really be a church of accountability to one another. And when I say accountability, I want to say to you guys, I'm not for control. Okay, so if that is crossing your mind now, I want to say stop, because that's not where I'm at. You know, that's the one thing that you cannot say of me as a leader in this church. I don't like control. I like it when you get the amazing task to, um, to go in the responsibility and do whatever God has called you to do. And that is what, what should be our hearts, is to celebrate one another, to celebrate the ways of God in one another's lives, and to trust that God will grow us to such an extent where we can run with the vision that He's given us. And all of us must take responsibility for that. And so I love what God is doing, even in the ministry leading, that um, each one of you have a role to play. And some of it, it's tiring, it's difficult, it's not easy to, um, to do those things. But the beauty of it, in taking responsibility, God brings you to a place where um, you can fulfill the calling upon your life. Number three, being stewards um, about submitting to God, being stewards of what we receive. Which means that God gives us certain resources and certain revelations in our lives so that we will stay accountable to Him in whatever He provides to us. The fact that you are blessed to be a blessing. The fact that you have a home and the privilege of having that home and that there's many around you that don't know Christ is stewardship. <laughs> The fact that you have a work and you have the opportunity to share the glory of God in your workplace is stewardship. <laughs> God has given you that job. Did you forget? <laughs> Did you forget about the nights that you prayed through to ask God for that job? And so with anything that we do in this life, our accountability to God means that we need to come to a place of stewardship where everything that we have must bring us to a place where we fulfill God's calling um, upon our lives. Now, uh, the next one is, um, is the accountability to leaders. Hebrews 13 verse 17. Obey, obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who, have, who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. And then... Yeah, so our leaders are accountable to God. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 to 18. Watch, stand fast in the faith. Be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanus, that is um, in the first fruits of Achaia, and that um, they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that you also submit to, to such, and to everyone who works and labors with us, I'm glad about the coming of Stephanus, Fortunatus, and very strange names. For what was lacking on your part, they supplied. For they refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge such men. And so, Paul asked them to honor the leaders and being set over them. And I want to say to you, 
we will be accountable one day, you know, in heaven as leaders, as people being sent. All of us are leaders. I want to just make that clear. Just because you have the gospel in you makes you a leader. Because you lead others to the knowledge of Christ. Which means that all of us have a limited or maybe even a greater sphere of influence that God has entrusted unto us to rule over people. Which means that you and I will be accountable to God one day um, and God is going to ask us, so what did you do with the people being um, set under you? Matthew 10 verse 41. You receive a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And you receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And you will be rewarded even, says the Bible, in um, honoring your leaders. Now, you know, praise God we don't have issues <laughs> around this. And I know that you guys are you know, people that, that really honors your leaders and makes it easy for them to, uh, to rule over you. But I want to just mention three things as part of, of this morning's teaching. Um, that we should remember about our accountability to our leaders. And the first one is something that I know many members have a problem with. is your personal life. You're accountable to your leaders in your personal life. Okay, now this is a difficult one because I can tell you what normally happens is uh, people tell you, you know, pastor is not supposed to get involved, you know, in my household. And the, the problem is that the pastor must always sort out the issues when the wheels come out, uh, off. You know, I was thinking the other day, it's strange um, just seeing Ruth now again with uh, the NHS system. Um, <laughs> Shame you guys are taking punch, Ruth. We'll pay for you afterwards. Um, but uh, just thinking about it, you know, how can um, the NHS, you know, demand you to, uh, and your children, you know, even do visits to, uh, to make sure that your children are healthy and that you are doing your job as a parent. And, but because they are paying the dues when you don't. <laughs> If you don't look after your child, they will have to pay for whatever happens with your child. <laughs> I want to say to you, the same happens in the church where it's a spiritual body, and I am responsible for you, and God is going to keep me accountable for every soul in this church. Are you with me? Okay, if you're in this church, it means that you chose to be under the leadership of this church. <laughs> Which means that God is going to ask me some very um, difficult questions one day. <laughs> And I've got sleepless nights while you don't even worry. <laughs> Praise God. But guys, being accountable to your leaders in your personal lives means that, you know, um, we safeguard ourselves under the protection of God. So then also... Um, in church matters, stand under the covering so that you will not be taken up by the devil. Which means that this church has a certain grace upon it that God honors. And God is um, putting you under that protection for a reason. And then thirdly, doctrinal. That there are certain doctrinal stances that this church even make. And uh, if you're a visitor this morning, I want to say the same is for your own church. So please do not think that we are the church. Um, you know, uh, you, if you're under a leadership in a church, it means that you, the same principle applies, okay? So, which means that you must go under the 
doctrine of the church that you are serving in. Okay? And because of the unity in Christ, you must actually... Um, you know, God challenged me very harshly in South Africa when I was, um, you know, as a student. I always had this idea that, you know, I would... I was in the traditional, brought up in the traditional church, and um, I was uh, baptized as an infant. And um, when um, I did get baptized and um, spiritful, I always had this idea that I'm going to change the church that I'm in. Okay, I'm called to change this church. So I would always talk about the baptism, you know, the, the, after um, being saved, I would, uh, you know, fight about things like, uh, you know, speaking in tongues, until one day the Holy Spirit said to me, you know you're in rebellion against this church? If you don't believe in the doctrine that they are standing for, go out of the church. And I want to say to you, you know what, we sometimes forget that, um, one of the biggest issues of the time for the church and the challenges for the church going ahead from year onwards is the challenge of doctrine. Many churches are being taken apart because they don't have unity around doctrine. And listen, this is an old story. It also happened in the Acts church. Acts 15 verse 1 to 5. And certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing the conversations of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy to all the brethren. And when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they, listen to this, and mark it in your Bible if you can even, they reported all things that God has done with them. They were in accountability. <laughs> this was not just uh, poor, I mean, guys, listen, we're talking about, in these, uh, those days, it's further than Australia from, um, <laughs> from England. <laughs> okay, it's, just in mindset, it's two worlds apart. And yet these guys were committed enough to say that we are not going to make a doctrinal stance if we have not cleared this with the rest of the apostolic team. <laughs> are you with me? Because we know how contentious this can be, and we know how dividing it can be. So I want to say to you, um, you know, while being in a church, and we're going to see a lot more challenges in the future, you know, when it gets to doctrinal stances, I can see, you know, some of the, the bigger church movements, um, you know, that's very blessed, um, is really struggling to, uh, to keep to doctrinal um, purity. Because they get all the flack in the world, you know, for doing so. And one of the biggest challenges will be to stay true to the doctrine of Christ. Okay? And to the beliefs of um, the first church. And so, Acts 15, verse 22, Then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company at Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also named Barsabas, and Silas, leading men among the brethren. Okay, there was unity about these things. 
decisions being made in accountability to fulfill God's call upon their lives. Now, I want to say to you, I want to get back to the conversation that we had two weeks ago and last week. We are trusting God to open the wells, but let me tell you, if the wells are opened at the wrong season, it can divide a church into a million pieces. Because when the flow of God starts to operate, and we don't settle things like this, spoke to the second after the first years yesterday and I said the sad thing about things like the Toronto blessing and so many uh, blessings all over the world is it was only for a while if you go back to Toronto today there's not much left of the revival and I'm not saying that because I don't believe in the churches that's there but it's I think according to um, to stats and I'm, please, you can uh, even challenge me on this one because I don't have the exact stats, but I know that they're the most atheistic church in the world, a city, which means that they don't want the power of God or the revelation of Christ in their city. <laughs> you know, the sad thing is that we cannot as a church harness, harness that which God sends us. We're not ready for revival. <laughs> We're not ready for the amazing things that God wants to do because we are not living in accountability as um, God is uh, wanting us to do. And I want to say to you, that's why I want to take the conversation of the plumb line back to the reality of, guys, just stay on the plumb line. <laughs> but let's keep one another accountable to stay on that plumb line because it's easy to get it wrong. <laughs> it's so easy and the enemy always comes subtly to come and get us distracted. To get us um, to a place where we miss God's calling upon our lives. And so, we need to be accountable. Accountable to one another then, is the third one. Guys, and I want to especially um, talk about that this morning. So, it's amazing when there is a healthy church... Sharing negative and positive report with partners in Christ. People that actually feel safe in a church where they can share their heart. Because they know that they are safe. And they know that it's sharing it toward people that loves them enough to see them grow. And so, we need to accept advice and orders from our accountability partners. We need to um, share Heart's desires and overlap in heart, and every person has to need um, has a need to um, to share their hearts in openness. And Matthew um, eleven verse twenty eight speaks of um, of this principle. Come to me, all who are of you who are laboured and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I know you're going to know the answer because we teach this in a um, small group. But what is the yoke of Jesus? What is the things that's on the heart of Jesus? Okay. Do you believe Jesus can have yokes, burdens? <laughs> Are you with me this morning? What is the burden on Jesus' side? 
Salvation for the nations. His heart is for you and me, for our cups to overflow so that people can see the goodness of God. How do people see the goodness of God when it overflows? When it shines forth because you've got more than what you can handle. (laughs) Guys, I don't think we understand the power of God's transformation in our lives. When God comes to transform us, we can't but to shine forth. We can't not, you know, um, have the kind of questions around us where people say, you know, there's something different about you. I loved what that um, guy said that came last week. Uh, he's also David, if I remember correctly. Um, it was a blessing. Just to say, he said, you know what, every day I'm standing at the gate of the school, I'm the gatekeeper, and the amazing thing is I've seen Sally and David walking there every day, and I saw Christ in them. I knew that these people know Christ. So I just had to, to uh, connect with them. So my question to you is, you know, are you shining forth? Are you at a place where, if not, you're in accountability at least to get to that place? (laughs) Or are you just um, surviving and going on with life and and believing that it's going to happen one day and someday? I want to say to you, there's purpose in these relationships. It means that it's not always nice. Having accountability in your life toward accountability partners means that you're not always put together with a person that is actually going to bless you <laughs> in their personality and social skills. I, have, I had such a guy at Varsity in my life. His name was Anton Myberg. I don't know if you guys uh, know him, but he is very intimidating. Okay, He's got an icy look and he... Uh, Make sure that you know that. <laughs> okay? <laughs> and I thought he was just freaking me out. I thought this guy is probably the least sociable person that I've seen. I like being around people that are sociable and that can make jokes. And This guy is just making no jokes. <laughs> Even his jokes are serious. <laughs> so we, um, we gave him um, just the nickname of Chuck Morris. <laughs> but guys, you know what? It, uh, I remember sitting in the small group the first time when I went, um, and I was an elder in another church when I went into the chauffeur small group at that stage. <laughs> I thought, you know, what can they tell me? You know, I'm this elder coming from another church. I was the, you know, a spiritual leader in the in the hostel. You know, what can they tell me now? You know, and uh, these guys made me sit down took a chair and they said, listen, just relax. All your ideas are wonderful. Just come and have a seat because we want to have a discussion with you. Can you just lay all those plans aside? Can we just talk about you? Can we first talk about to who are you accountable to? <laughs> Can we just talk about all of these ideas that you have? Did you bounce it off anyone um, in your life? <laughs> You have prayer partners that's busy praying for you so that they can discern if this is from God or not. I was freaked out. I thought, you know, who gave you the right to speak into my life? And I was...
than Mike now. How's it going? So guys, and I remember, this happened every week. This did not happen once. Every week, the leaders of the small group would take me out and say, okay, come and sit here again. Can we talk about your accountability partner? Who did you choose as an accountability partner? Did you do what we've asked you to do? I was freaked out. But you know what? I've grown in that stage of my life more than I've ever grown. And I've died to myself more than I've ever. And it was the saving grace of God in my life. I want to say to you this morning, what I don't believe in is control. We, we are you know, assigned to one person and they control our lives and they decide where we are going or what we are doing and we must even you know, give our timetable to them. And I'm not talking about that because it can easily be misused as well. Talking about somebody that's dreaming with you and trusting God to come through in your life. I remember Kubis Fasahi is also, sorry I'm using South African examples this morning, just because I, uh, I still need to, to get to know all the Christian um, um, sportsmen um, in this country. But I remember Kubis Fasahi was a, a prop in, in the 1998 World Cup. Um, and um, just before the World Cup, he uh, actually was accused of using uh, substance abuse. Um, and um, then um, he went into a long court case of, you know, just um, trying to, you know, to, uh, to come against, you know, all the evidence against him um, because it was really at the end, they threw out the case, it was, it was illegitimate. But for more than a year, he was um, not earning any money. <laughs> he didn't, he was uh, actually, um, you know, uh, taken off payroll. He, he went through a lot of hardship. And at that stage, he was in the church, and his small group was busy praying for them. For months, this small group even had to give more than, and I, I know that some of the guys even gave them their, more than their monthly salaries to keep him having this court case going. Uh, those guys are still in the church, and it's amazing to see you know, just the faithfulness that they showed you know, to him. At that stage, at the end of that year, when he was proven to be not um, guilty, he went into the World Cup, and he was chosen for the World Cup. He went into that World Cup, and he was chosen as the player of the, of, um, the 1998 World Cup. He scrummed those scrums <laughs> to the best of any Christian's ability, okay? Because of guys that stood next to him. I remember how his guys would not come to small group. I was actually offended. Um, how they would not come to small group training because they are sitting next to the TV praying for Kubis Fasahi to, uh, to do well in the matches. <laughs> you know, it was, it's such a beautiful picture of what the bride of Christ must look like. What accountability should look like. So I'm not talking about control this morning, but I know that when we start to take on the yoke of Jesus, it's a light yoke because we get excited about the things that is on His heart. 
And so when we move in accountability with other people, I want to say to you, it's not always nice people <laughs> that God puts in your life to be accountable to. But those people are normally the best people to take you to the next level. And it's strange people. I've had the strangest people keeping me accountability in certain seasons of my life. Matthew 7, 6. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. So, I just want to mention and I want to make it clear, I'm not talking about people that are not committed to the cause of Christ, to be accountable to them. You and I need to, to know that there's, um, there's two sides of this coin. If you are the person that um, is enforcing accountability, I want to say to you, make sure that you respect the person's boundaries, even in the information that you share. Because you need to honor the person and their growth curve in what God is busy doing. 1 Peter 5 verse 5, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And I want to maybe say that this morning, that, um, you know, um, we should, when we submit to one another, also recognize that sometimes age difference, you know, makes us to be haughty toward people that are older to, to us. Now, I want to just um, quickly say to you, 1 Timothy 5 verse 1 says, Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers. So, you know, we don't rebuke people that are older than us. We've got respect for them. That's coming a long way. So even in your responsibility to keep people accountable, make sure that you honor them and that you do it respectfully. And then James 5 verse 16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Are you with me this morning? Are you walking this journey with me? So there's two kinds of partners that I maybe want to end off with because there was lots of questions yesterday to me. So, you know, is it right to, in a small group, be forced to be under a certain person? Is it right to... You know, um, should you be friends or not friends with the person that disciple you? And, you know, it's, it's amazing questions. Thanks, guys. Um, um, and I want to say to you, there's two kinds of, of uh, accountability partners that we have in our lives. The first one is prayer partners. People that pray for us and see things through in our lives and we unto them. And my challenge, is, as you can just think this morning, would be, are you praying for somebody else than yourself <laughs> and the other way around? Is there people praying into your life at this moment? Um, that's um, trusting God with you to fast and pr pray when you are playing your rugby game. <laughs> when you are at the NHS suffering. 
you know, a prayer partner is somebody that you can trust, that will always be there for you and will pray for you um, and for your breakthroughs. Somebody that is committed to you and you to them so that you pray for one another to see breakthroughs in your life. And then, well, maybe I should just quickly um, mention a, a scenario. Now, the beauty for me is, um, you know, just uh, thinking about Milan, you know, going through a process of, you know, applying for work and just um, encouraging people to pray for her now as she, um, she's been um, applying um, for work. You know, the beauty of it is people come with words and they come and encourage and they support and they pray and they even sometimes give words that direct. The beauty of it is she's not going through this alone. And that is how it's supposed to be. The church should not be a place where you should just struggle. And, and I, you know, many times then I hear, okay, I fasted this week for this. And I think, but why did you not just tell us that you're fasting so that we can fast with you or pray with you for that breakthrough? Did you do it to anyone? <laughs> so that uh, we can share the burden with you, that we can trust God, because it's a blessing for us as well <laughs> to see your breakthrough. I want to say to you guys, guys, let the culture be in this church. And I know, guys, I don't want to fight with you. You're such sweet, amazing people. Um, you get it right. I know that you're praying for people. But I want us to actually structure it better. That in the future we keep one another accountable. Do you have a pre-partner? Do you have somebody that's actually praying into your life? Now, I can tell you... Um, I get the strangest words from people like my mom, and you know, I know she's a prayer warrior, so always she's making life difficult for me um, at the weirdest times. Um, you know, and, um, and people in South Africa, that's, um, that's really blessing me so much when they um, just are so committed. Darkian and, and Renee, not knowing anything in my life, they would come out with these words that, you know, I know. God, why did you gossip to them about me? <laughs> I thought I had this thing under control. <laughs> now it's even more difficult explaining to them what, um, what you are working through. And so guys, I want to encourage you. This is beautiful. This is not a burden that should um, you know, freak you out. It's a beautiful part of the body of Christ. And we're going to go places because we are trusting God together. Because we love one another enough. So I don't want to even get to the conversation about where is the love, which is our theme for this year, before we don't settle things like this. Because you can't say that you love your brother because you are coochie-coochie, you know, giving some hugs here. And yes, that's part of it. I like, love... Um, giving hugs. So please, guys, keep on doing the hug thing. <laughs> but that is not it. You know, I'm, I'm offended when you come to me and you say, you struggled this week. And I normally say to and I remember, you know, many pastors were very freaked out with me always when I say to them, if you suffer and you don't speak about it, then I ask you to suffer in silence. <laughs> Because I can do nothing if you don't tell me that there's something wrong. 
So I want to say to you as well, if you want to be, if you want friends in this church, you must be a friend. That's as easy as that. You can't expect people to reach out to you if you don't reach out to them. So the beauty of it is that you and I come to a place of understanding that um, it's mutual and it's, um, it's a blessing. And then the second kind of uh, partner is um, a coaching partner. Um, or a mentor, or whatever you guys uh, want to call it. There's so many books these days that you get about these things, so I don't want to even go into that. Um, but a person, somebody that's more mature in spiritual growth than you, that can impart into your life. And I can maybe mention this, or should mention it, that this can be a person assigned to you by the church. <laughs> Does not mean that that person is exclusively, you know, imparting into your life and should be. There's many people that God sends in our lives that instructs us, okay, and that leads us. There's not a lot of fathers, people that um, really connect in a life journey with you that God can um, use in your, in your life from time to time and, and really in, in, in seeing God's purposes being fulfilled. But a coach or a accountability partner as such, you know, is a person that actually, for a time period, makes sure that you get to your objectives of spiritual growth and challenge you on that and say, listen, can we talk about the fact that you don't want to be in accountability? <laughs> that you are avoiding this topic because you love scheming by yourself? No, that's it. We don't like these things, guys. We don't like to be said how we should do things. <laughs> it's a lot nicer if we can just, um, you know, make sure that we stay away from the church when things are difficult, so that nobody can speak into our lives. Let's l rather isolate ourselves. And then the enemy have a field day to, uh, to put you in a corner and punch you until you blow in the face. And then, guess what? Then you look for accountability. Accountability is not just when you are going through difficult times. I was at the height of, you know, I was just a man. I thought, you know, God is doing this awesome thing. These guys said to me, you know what? <laughs> just relax. <laughs> You've seen much greater things. <laughs> <laughs> just submit to God's will in your life. Can we have that conversation? <laughs> Maybe what you think, you know, is God's will is not even God's will. <laughs> You're clearly hearing your own voice more than you're hearing God's voice. <laughs> and that ha helped me to actually discern what is God's voice and what is my own. <laughs> and I want to be clear to you this morning. You cannot mentor somebody or be in accountability as an accountability um, mentor to somebody if you've not been mentored before. So my next challenging question to you this morning will be, have you been mentored before? If not, then you need to take a few steps back and trust God for somebody to walk that road with you so that you can come to your fruition. Now guys, I want to be very practical with you this morning because I believe this is a culture that God wants to establish. And I've um, held back on to um, for the last few months just because I, I'm timing this. But um, 
what I do believe is that uh, you can't have serious accountability with more than two or three people at a time. <laughs> Which means that how many people can the pastor keep accountable? He's this glorious man of God. He's going to do awesome things. He's got the anointing of God, so he probably can do three times hundred. No, he's human. <laughs> and he's as fragile as you are, even though he's got the anointing of God in the office that he's... He's going through the same struggle. He also have a nine-to-five focus. Then he must go back to his house, and he must sort out his kids, and they make it life miserable for him also. <laughs> I don't have... Holy Kamali children that serves me when I get back home. Woo! Dad, you want some coffee? That's not happening, okay? I make them stuff to eat, okay? I wash them, okay? You guys think that we've got um, this glorious family? Praise God you think that. Because I can tell you, my wife is the only holy one in the house. I struggle to get there, Okay? So please don't think I'm going to keep all of you accountable. Relax in that. It's not going to happen. Okay? <laughs> I cannot control you. Then this church will never grow. Is that, is that alright? So I want to settle this thing with you. <laughs> I want to say to you guys, listen, we all must take ownership of this culture. <laughs> we must all understand that at this time, my question would be to you, are you taking two or three people under your wing and walking this road with them so that they can come at least to where you are at now? Certainly you're not at that place, at that amazing holy moly place yet, okay? Because if the pastor is not there, you're probably not. <laughs> Guys, hey, this is a journey. This is a family. You know... The fact is, I want you to exceed all the, the limitations that I have in my life. I want you to become much greater than I will ever be, because that is what Jesus said. He said, you are my son, you will do greater things than I am. And I want to say to you, that must be our heart. The power of accountability lies within the fact that you and I celebrate people to become fathers themselves. We can't keep people under our thumb for the rest of their lives. We must always teach people to be disciple makers. Not disciples. Okay. Can I have this conversation again? We are not making disciples as much as we make disciple makers. Which means that I must teach you to disciple somebody else. Are you with me? And so... Um, you know, accountability lies within the fact that for a se season you assigned, maybe to a person in your small group, and, um, you know, our accountability structure happens through our small groups. I respect, respect the fact that, um, you know, God has placed some small group leaders in our ranks and we're going to pray for them today. Um, but it means that, you know, you must make it easy for them to rule over you as well, okay? <laughs> And you must support them and trust God, because if they are blessed, you are going to be blessed. Okay, so let's settle that one. <laughs> but can I tell you, this is a journey. They're not going to get it right at all. And they can also not do 12 people at a time. Can I tell you, Jesus was amazing. Doing 12 people and then only got one 
I don't know if it's not so right or was it Jesus' plan. I don't know. It's not going to that debate. <laughs> but what I can tell you, Jesus was very successful <laughs> in doing so. But probably in your small group, your small group leader might, can uh, spend time with the, ne- the next person that needs to be um, a small group leader because that's his responsibility to multiply himself. <laughs> so you always multiply whoever you are. Which means that you're a small group leader, you, in a culture of accountability and of discipleship, multiply. Okay, have I missed you guys all together this morning. You make a new small group leader. (laughs) If you're a worship leader, you make a new worship leader. If you are a pastor that's preaching, you make a new preacher and establish a new preacher to preach. I'm doing that, okay? These people, as you can see, preaching in this pulpit because we are training them. And so, I can just tell you, a culture of accountability and discipleship and trust means that we always multiply ourselves. Don't make it too complicated. Don't think that, you know, this thing, where do we draw the lines, you know? I'm now assigned to this person, so I'm the only one that's got right to, to speak into this person's life. That's also not going to happen. Relax. Take off your clothes because God cannot move in this person's life. You are only there to see them exceed. And if anyone else in your small group can add to that, praise God. Okay. I'm learning things through my kids' lives. And I'm challenged by that because of the sincere mistakes that they are making and the questions that they are asking me. And it's not as if they're spiritually more mature than I am. But I'm learning from them. Because that is how a culture of accountability works. (coughs) Now I want to say to you, um, I'm always very cautious to have structures, you know, going to, uh, to enforce, you know, certain aspects like an accountability partner and things like that. Um, But I can also not deny the fact that, you know, it works. (laughs) And that we need to uh, get back to, um, to this conversation um, in this year still. Um, but what I can tell you is, guys, I want you to get the heart right first. Because if the heart behind accountability is to control and to be powerful and to be amazing and to be entrusted with many, then we are going to miss God's heart totally. So let's settle this thing in our minds that as we are accountable to God and under the cover of the church there's people needed in our lives that can keep us accountable to certain things and so I want to just quickly um, read Genesis 4 8 to 11 now Cain talked with Abel his brother and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up again um, against Abel his brother and killed him then the Lord said to Cain where is Abel your brother he said I do not know am I my brother's keeper and he said what have you done the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground so now you are cursed from the earth which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand so guys I want to just quickly say, um, 
yes, you are your brother's keeper. Which means that, you know, I love something about the African um, culture that I just love is that uh, they've got this um, proverb that they say children um, are, are fathered by a community. Um, and, um, and it's the community's responsibility. It's not just the parents. And I love that. Because I can see it at work, you know. In, some kids are better off in the squatter camp, and I'm not talking about, you know, the, the bad stuff that's happening there. I'm talking about just in, in a, a sense of family. Because everyone, from the grandparents to, you know, the elder sister in the house, to, are taking responsibility for the growth of a person. And if you get a job breakthrough, un unfortunately, you'll have to pay up. <laughs> Because you're accountable to the family, which means that your salary is not your own. <laughs> so don't think that it's only in good times. Um, in bad times, it's um, in good times you must share as well. Um, but I can tell you guys, there's beauty in it because God builds family. We are responsible uh, um, toward one another. So... Um, as as an end um, this morning, okay, let's just quickly stand. Um, I'm not going to do this too dramatic. I I think um, all of us understand um, where this thing is going. Let's just quickly stand. Um, so I've got I've got two two questions to you this morning, um, and it's not to expose you. It's to challenge you, uh, because we're going to take this conversation into the small group this week. Um, and that is, do you have a prayer partner, or are you fighting this battle alone? Okay? Do you have somebody that really is so committed to you, and you to them? Okay? In such a way that you guys can actually bless one another in seeing breakthrough in your lives. If not... Then I'm not going to call you to the front because I cannot do anything about it this morning. <laughs> but I think what is important is that we have this conversation. Because I believe that God wants to restore that and make sure that we are in a place of safety. Okay. Um, so we're going to have that conversation and you know if that is you this morning. If you don't have a person busy walking a road with you so that you will grow, then we are going to have this conversation in a small group this week, okay? Um, so what I want to do as we stand is um, I just want to call the small group leaders and um, and the supporting um, su uh, uh, small group leaders quickly to the front. Um, Sally is the one. I know who's helping you. <laughs> okay, Mel is not here. Um, and um, who? Ed, Jen, come and stand here in front. Um, Nigel, come and uh, quickly stand here in the front. Um, and then um, Don and Charlotte. Don, can you do it without um, missing a, uh, a sound beat there? <laughs> um, you know, the beauty for me is the fact that we honor... <coughs> 
leaders and, and there's many ministry leaders so I can't call you to the front this morning because then the whole church will stand in front because in a small church everyone takes charge <laughs> but I think they are symbolic to, to every um, you know leader Milani just quickly come to the front as well you um, is um, this morning I want you to stretch out your hand and just for the, the power of you know embracing a culture just say God bless our small group leaders um, for just the commitment that they are showing, but also God help us to get this culture right. Okay. Um, and um, as we do that, I'm going to, um, to trust that God is going to make a powerful shift just in our own heads toward a place where we can really uh, see this one through and trust God for breakthroughs in our lives this year. It's the year of breakthroughs. It's the year of getting over the brim to the overflowing of the cup. And uh, that's only going to happen if we are going to stand together. Okay, let's just pray. Uh, just stretch your hand toward the small group leaders. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus just for the amazing things that you are doing in our lives. And Father, for the fact that even though we are a small church, you've done such powerful things, Father, the last while. And Father God, ugh, even, Father, the last few years. Father, just the, the amazing stuff that you've um, produced in our hearts and um, in, in just our faithfulness. And, and Father, in this church, we, we really trust you to bring us to a place where we can see breakthroughs in one another's lives as we pursue your calling and your promises for this church. Father, we cannot speak for any other church. We cannot, Father God, um, even... Um, at this stage, uh, dare to make any speculation, but what we can do is this church, this family that you've entrusted unto us, we can bring it to you in prayer, mm -hmm. and Father, we can submit it to you and say that we are willing, but we need your lead. Mm -hmm. And this morning, as leaders, we submit, and we bow our knee, and we say we commit it to you being the Lord of this church. Father, we pray that if there's any strife, malice, or even control that's um, in our ranks, Father, I pray that you will take it out in the name of Jesus. So that the only thing that will stay in this church, Father, will be the one of a love for one another and the promise of, Father God, your unity um, to your children as your last prayer to the Father was for your children. And Father, we, we say this morning, let us be one as you and the Father is one, because we love one another and we really trust God to, uh, to see your will be done in our lives. May many be added unto this church for your namesake. May many be added, Father God, so that they can grow, prosper, and be sent to fulfill your promise in their lives. Father, we celebrate the little growth and also the great growth that has happened in uh, individuals' lives the past year and, um, and so many years before that. Father, we celebrate that and we say thank you. You've been faithful. It was not us. It's you. But we want to commit ourselves in saying, Father, please take us to a place where we can trust you for a vision where all of us are on the same page. Where all of us will understand the vision that you've given us and that will be birthed in all of our hearts. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank you guys. Um.
you can uh, have a seat. I want to... Okay. Um, just before we leave, um, I'm going to ask the worship team to just um, play some, some worship music. Um, if the Milani set this cake and for, for Lana's birthday... Um, um, so please indulge. Um, it's uh, it's going to be good. Um, Margot always does these amazing cakes. Um, so uh, so you will not be um, uh, let down. Um, but I want to ask you, please respect just this space for for a, a few uh, minutes more. Um, if you need any prayer and you feel lonely today. You feel that, you know, yes, you, Father, you, oh, Pastor, you're talking about, you know, accountability. Um, and, um, but I have not even come to a place where, you know, I can sort out this loneliness in my life. But I can just overstep, you know, um, the first line of uh, survival, and that is to, uh, to reach out to people. Then, then please stay and let's pray with you. No, it's, it's not even about our prayers. It's about you settling this with God. This is a moment between you and God. You hear this morning, and, you know, I really believe those two words. It's not in, um, you know, because I'm preaching about it. Those words are, are of God. If, if you are the athlete running to the end and you've lost your focus, come so that God can do something special in your heart and mind. And if you've been... The person that just need to hear this morning, you know, Jesus saying, I'm picking out the best. I'm going with you early in the morning so that we can choose the best from the market because that is how I see you. That's how I love you. That's why I just um, am committed to you. Then please stay so that we can pray with you for God's love to overflow you this morning because that's his heart. Father, we thank you for just your heart for us. It's lovely to be in your presence. Father, thank you for friends, for people that we can be accountable to people that we are proud to be associated with because you have placed us together for a time such as this. Thank you that we can celebrate that, Father God, because it's precious. Father, it's not by mistake, it's by divine intervention in our lives that you've placed godly connections in our lives for this season. We celebrate that this morning. We appreciate it. And Father, we can only speak fondly of the people around us because we know your heart for them. We know your heart for us. And Father, you're not, um, you're not disappointed in us and you're not losing hope because you are always committed. And I pray this morning in the name of Jesus that you will bring us to a place of restoration where we can really say, that um, we are a church that love God and love one another. 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.